Hello, and welcome to Celebrities on the Move, where we try and figure out what kind of global mobility and immigration regulations allow celebrities to travel all around the world. My name is Shai Dayan. I am an immigration attorney with Vialto Partners in Los Angeles, California. And joining me, she's also an immigration attorney with Vialto Partners, and she's in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. It's my co-host, Rekha Simpson. Rekha, how are you today? I'm well, I'm well. I'm really excited about our first episode. And actually, just before we got on this, I did think, oh, we needed streamers and balloons for our opening, no? This is so exciting. (laughs) We've been talking about this for months. We've been planning, we've been outlining, and here we are. We're actually finally recording. So I'm super excited um, to introduce the listeners to this, I think, great concept that we have for everybody. Wouldn't you agree? I do. I think, um, you know, we see celebrities move around. We kind of look at our own press, don't we, in our respective countries and and the tabloids. Um, We obviously try not to follow it it too much. But, you know, we we kind of watch how, how celebrities are moving around and going to different countries and either filming or recording in a studio or maybe you know launching a new line and 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 so I, I think it throws up a lot of questions about you know how a celebrity is able to to do this and what sort of visas are they are they securing so yeah of course um, very and speaking, excited about exploring this speaking of traveling all around the world i think you had a pretty good <laughs> summer right you've been traveling all around the world yourself well i think <laughs> I wanted to relax really, but I had a wonderful time in Norway, in Cyprus, so went away for a couple of weeks, spent a week in either in both countries. Um, my children thought that they were on a set of the film of Frozen in Norway. <laughs> I mean, it was spectacular, it really captured their imagination. And then they turned divas in Cyprus, so I thought it was very fitting. Um, <laughs> just ahead of our recording for them to, to, to turn on their sort of extra attitudes. But um, Oh, the next thing you yeah. know, they'll be in Los Angeles if they're, if they're divas already. They, they might be. <laughs> well, I wish I could say I, I got a good night's sleep last night, but uh, my mother-in-law called us at 2 o'clock in the morning uh, because she had to tell us that the stray kitten, I'm sorry, the stray cat outside of uh, her house has, was giving birth. So... Um, very very important stuff to be woke awoken at two o'clock in the morning but i'm here and i'm ready to go and say have you got coffee i'm I'm good i'm good i'm i'm just the the thought of recording with you today uh gives me all the energy (laughs) i need well it's very early for you it's in the evening for me but we are we're on a high about this just like the celebrities we talk about we are all (laughs) around the world and um Let's get right to it, Rekha. So do you want to perhaps give the audience a bit of a, a, a background about what this podcast is all about and what they can expect from us? Yes. So Celebrities on the Move is all about making global mobility and immigration fun and relatable. So every episode will focus on a well-known celebrity or public figure within interest, industries, including entertainment, sports, music, fashion, politics, royalty and business. So um, hopefully will interest all of you. Um, the featured celebrity or public figure will be someone that's living um, living in, working in or travelling to a country that they're not a national of. So we're going to explore what type of immigration and visa programmes would allow the celebrity or public figure to carry out their affairs in that country in which they're travelling to and conduct their business in. 
yeah, thank you for the the background about what this podcast is all about. We're going to be doing this on a monthly basis, so everybody can expect a release once a month. Um, important to note is that we do not represent the celebrities that we will be discussing. We're only speculating about their global mobility status pursuant to publicly available information about them. So that's important to, to note. Um, we're available on all the major podcast streaming platforms. For everybody listening right now, you must be on some sort of platform. Uh, so download us, subscribe, and give us a rating. Uh, it would really help us and would help our uh, bosses at Vialto, um, <laughs> you know, to continue with this series if we get the good ratings. So please get those ratings in. Um, we have uh, an Instagram handle where you can follow us. So actually, Vialto Partners has an Instagram handle, and uh, Vialto will be posting about about this podcast and other things going on at Vialto. You might even find pictures of Rekka and I on the uh, on the Instagram handle. So check us out. It's at uh, Vialto Partners. That's our Instagram. Um, and I'm loving that because you know I don't I don't use Instagram as much as I used to, but I think this is going to make me get back on social media. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Uh, you <laughs> might you might become a star soon. So uh, check check your Instagram. Okay, Rekka. So this is the moment everybody has been waiting for. Drum roll. This is our first episode. And you and I were talking a lot about the fact that we needed to make the first episode a big firecracker of an episode. We really needed to get this going in the right way. So we were thinking to ourselves, I'm an American. You're a Brit. What better way to start off this series with then talking about a certain British uh, celebrity who perhaps is controversially living in Southern California for the last few years and you and I thought to ourselves yeah let's do that that's that's a good one yeah so we wanted to represent both both sides of the pond yeah both sides of the pond so Rekka we're going to talk about somebody that I think you know pretty well um, it's your boy, it's your prince, <laughs> it's the legend himself, Prince, prince Harry. Harry. Yes, and you know I don't think that I don't think there are many people that aren't aware of who he is. Just in case, just in case there's somebody <laughs> out there who isn't aware of who Prince Harry is, Rick, I thought it'd be fitting for you to give us the the background, the biography, tell us everything we need to know about this Prince Harry. Okay, so um, Prince Harry was born. He's actually younger than me. Um, oh. So anyone that anyone ha that has a date of birth that's uh, you know not uh, nineteen eighty two. Okay, <laughs> well now we know your age. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm I'm jealous of. I, I hit the forty mark um, this year. It's anyway, not so bad. Prince, it's, it's okay. <laughs> so Prince Harry, I'll get to it. Prince Harry was born in 1984 in London. He's the grandson of the late Queen Elizabeth II. He is the younger son of King Charles and the late Princess Diana. He's brother to Prince William, heir to the throne um, in the UK. And as a member of the British royal family, he has been a very famous public figure since he was baby. There has been tragedy in Prince Harry's life and what is interesting for both Shy and I is that he has travelled so extensively and he's done so ever since a young adult independently. He has shared with the public his love of Africa and I just remember being fascinated by his time in Lesotho. 
Harry joined the British Royal Military Academy in 2005. He served in Afghanistan and was the first member of the British Royal Family to serve in a war zone since his uncle, Prince Andrew. In total, Harry served in the military for 10 years between 2005 and 2015. In mid-2016, Harry began a relationship with American actress Meghan Markle. In May of 2018, they were married and they have two children, Archie and Lilibet. They also travelled together to Botswana and South Africa, trips that were heavily publicised. And then in January 2020, Harry caused shockwaves when he and Meghan announced that they would be stepping back from their roles as working members of the royal family and they would balance their time between the UK and North America. The Royal Palace confirmed that the couple would become financially independent and cease to represent the Queen, and they moved to Southern California shortly after. Thank you, Rekha. Um, As we were discussing who was going to do the biography about Prince Harry, I thought it was fitting that somebody who speaks the King's English was uh, (laughs) the person to do that uh, biography. So I think it sounded a lot better coming from you with your lovely accent than me and my monotone American accent. So thank you for that. Did I sound very posh? It just sounded perfect. It sounded <laughs> it sounded just what when somebody talks about Prince Harry, that's how I want to hear it. Amazing. So, <laughs> of course, there there's uh, you know we can go on forever about his biography. Thank you for choosing. Uh, I think the most relevant things for our discussion. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, being a Brit, what's your relationship to Prince Harry, the royal family, all of that um, that pageantry? How, how do you feel about that? Hmm. Well, I I feel that a lot of people my age grew up with Prince Harry and Prince William um, in the UK. So where you have a press or, you know, various media outlets reporting frequently on the royal family, their lives have been exposed to the public over the years. So and and from a very young age. Um, So you you feel as though you get to, you know, you get like any celebrity or royal member of the family, you, you feel you get to know them. Yeah. But he quite clearly has an interest in travel, you know, and charity work overseas and, and from a young age as well. So for a latecomer like me to exploring other com- countries and continents, um, you know, I was curious and interested in his tri- trips to countries I would one day want to visit as well. So I do think whatever the public's view on Harry, his frequent traveller moved to the US kind of gets us thinking about his visa status. So, you know, how would someone of his status secure a US visa. Well, um, we're obviously going to get into that. Right. <laughs> but what course, about you, Shai? So, you know, Me. Is, is, is I think being people who a resident of the States and, and sort of hearing or listening to British press. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think people who know me um, will agree that uh, I have lots of opinions. And um, I, I try to be honest with how I feel about things. So let me, let me say it like this. When it comes to the, the royal family and royalty in general, I have a lot of questions, and, and maybe you can answer them for me, because you grew up in a country that has a royal family, where I grew up in a country that has no such a thing. So my, I don't have a problem, per se, with Prince Harry. We're all, we don't choose who we're born to. We don't choose the circumstances of, of, of where we're born and who we're born to and, 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 and that kind of stuff. But my questions are about royalty in general. Um, I find the whole thing really strange, being born and ordained to be um, elevated uh, more than other people, um, being called your highness, being bowed to, being curtsy to. This whole concept uh, is kind of foreign to me when it comes to democracy. Um, it's just strange to me. And um, I, I, I can't believe that, you know, thousands of years later, <laughs> we still have royal families. So 
I guess my question to you is, as, as a British person who, who comes from a democracy, but you also have this royal family where people have to bow down to them, how, how, do, you, how do you reconcile those two things? Um, it's, a, it's a great question, actually. And I think, you know, myself and, and friends and, and family, when we, we, and we all have very different opinions, um, you know, about the royal family. But I think, you know, the British love an icon um, and also, you know, a symbol of what represents Great Britain. And I think that some people will, will say that they're just, you know, they're not perhaps relevant anymore um, right. I think that others will probably say well actually it gives us it strengthens our identity you know we 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 celebrate well, we celebrated the Queen's birthday so that you know we, we, as a, a jubilee Brits, we love was a it it was jubilee we, we jubilee. love we love a you love a jubilee <laughs> you, love you love singing we, you love a jubilee a I love you Brits you just love to sing and, and jubilee <laughs> And, you know, we want to obviously, you know, get, get out our flags when we can. And uh, there are not many opportunities, but, you know, it's 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 divisive. And um, we could probably have a, a whole episode on on this. Um, yeah, we probably could. So now let's talk about Prince Harry and, and his travels and specifically his his travels and the current um, state. He's, you know, he's living in the United States right now. And again, just to make sure everybody's clear about this, we do not represent Prince Harry. We're not giving any privileged information about him. We are only speculating about his U.S. visa status pursuant to publicly available information about him. So just want to make sure everybody understands that uh, this is all about information that we've researched that's available to the public. Absolutely. And I have many questions for you but i promise not to ask you why after every explanation on i'm ready <laughs> my my field of uh, my field of, of law that i practice is u.s immigration law so i'm gonna try to give all the answers i can and and let everybody know basically how is it that prince harry is living in the united states so Gosh. we're gonna have a fun discussion about that yeah and let's 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 kick it off because i think this is our we we love this subject don't we and we we do we are curious about what status um he has so um shy talk about how since the release of prince harry's memoir so we haven't spoken about that yet but he does have a memoir um there's been a lot of speculation about what type of visa status he has um considering most visa applications require the applicant to answer questions about past drug use and possession of um controlled substance substances so according to his memoir prior to his marriage to megan he did use illegal drugs both in the uk and during pre previous visits to the us so how can prince harry be legal living legally in the us considering you know his past would he have had to declare the use of illegal drugs in his visa application? These are fantastic questions, Rekha, and I'm very happy that you brought them up. Um, Prince Harry, of course, has been in the news in the last few years. Uh, number one, for you know, stepping back from his royal family duties, and and most recently, you know, he had a show on Netflix. Uh, he he came out with a memoir, and um, he admitted to a lot of things. So. Let's start off with the fact that, you know, Prince Harry is a, a very unique person. Um, he's not like the average person that we deal with when we're, we're filing immigration uh, applications and petitions. Um, a man of his family stature, his fame, his fortune, his wealth, he is likely to have many more U.S. visa options than your average person, right? Um, so sure. at the outset, 
I want to let everybody know that when it comes to applying for U.S. immigration benefits, there are many applications and petitions where you have to declare past transgressions, including crimes and drug use, right? Um, so while it's true that, that most visa applications to the U.S. do require the applicant to disclose past transgressions and drug use and crimes and just behavior, Prince Harry very well may be in the U.S. pursuant to a really unique type of visa status that has a much lower standard for admission where he wouldn't have to admit or acknowledge all of those things. And so what type of visa status could, could we be talking about here? Yeah, so Rekha, whenever we're analyzing people of royalty, uh, people who come from a royal family, people who are immediate members of a royal family, the very first visa category that we should always look at is what's known as the A1 visa category. Okay, so tell us about an A1 visa category, because obviously as immigration professionals and attorneys, we we do work with unique visa types. We um, do. But, you know, the, the, the types that are not particularly standard. Um, right. But most, but the bulk of what we do will be, you know, the, the kind of work, the business roots for our clients. So this is fascinating. So please tell us about yes, the A1 Yes, it's visa fascinating. Category fascinating to me as well because it's not a a visa category that we see a lot. Um, The A1 visa category is extremely unique, right? So according to the U.S. immigration regulations, an applicant holding the position of head of state or the head of government within a foreign government that is recognized by the U.S. is classifiable as an A1 visa holder. Um, And additionally, the, the immediate family members of such head of state or heads of government are also classifiable as A1, regardless of their purpose of travel. Okay, so this is fascinating because Prince Harry is, right, no longer a working member of the royal family, doesn't hold any royal family official duties, but um, he could still qualify for an A1? Yeah, apparently, apparently that's the case. From all the research that I have done, from all the regulations that I have read, it looks like This is incredible. Just by being an immediate family member of the head of government of the UK, because he's obviously the son of the king, uh, the king of England. Is it the king of England? Is it the king of the UK? Am I saying that right? I never know what to say. It's the king of England. King of England. And and, and when you're the king of England, you by default get to be the king of uh, North Ireland, Scotland, and Wales also. Is that the way it goes? I believe so. <laughs> okay. Oh, you, you should be the expert on that. I Rekha. should be the expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, just so so basically, because his father is the king of England, right, and um, he's coming to the U.S., he qualifies for the A1 visa. His father is the head of state. He's the immediate family member. I'm sorry, the head of government. His father, you know, he's he's the immediate family member as the son of the head of government. So even though he's no longer even a working member of the royal family, guess what, Prince Harry? You get to have it the best of both worlds. You get to not be a member of the working family, but you get to have the um, basically benefits of getting this special A1 visa. Well, I'm going to ask the question that... You you should. I would always ask is... (laughs) Is he able to, what, what, what's the scope of his activities on this visa? So is he limited? Can he work? What can, what can he do right. on this visa? Even more incredible news to report to you and all the listeners, <laughs> right? So, so 
my research indicates, extensive research indicates that A1 visa holders, you get this, they can travel to the US, they can come to visit, they can come to live here, they can basically do any type of activity, even work-related activities, and, and they can stay in the US as long as they want. So even more benefits to being born, basically, when you're a royal family member. Um, there are people who are waiting years and years and years to come to the United States. They dream of coming to the United States, but when you're a royal family member, and just by way of the fact that you were born, which you didn't choose to be born, you get to come to the United States with this A1 visa, and basically do pretty much anything you want, for as long as you want. It's pretty remarkable. So he's got the best of both worlds, really, hasn't he? He has the best of both worlds. <laughs> this guy, I, I, I don't know if people understand this, but Prince Harry has it pretty well. Another thing is, is, is that when it comes to the uh, A1 visa, so like I was saying before, most visa categories require you to disclose your criminal past, uh, your substance uh, you know, intake in the past. But when it comes to the A1 visa, there's a much lower threshold for what the U.S. Um, government is looking for. So only terrorism and national security in, and um, admissibility grounds of the U.S. immigration laws apply. So basically, if he wasn't involved in terrorism or he has no national security threats to the United States, Harry could qualify for the A-1 visa without any further research or, or background checks into his past transgressions. So everything in his memoir about the parties he attended and his, you know, cannabis use mm. and alcohol intake when he was a teenager, underage, none of that is relevant when you're applying for the A-1 visa. Yeah, so despite all of the kind of controversial... Right, right. I think all the scandalous things that, you know, he's admitted to in his memoir, it, it really wouldn't matter, you know, in, in his case. Yeah, I mean, this appears to be the case. Um, it appears to be that, you know, when it comes to the A1 visa, the threshold is much lower, and everything in his memoir and everything on the next Netflix documentary wouldn't really matter that much. And I think the U.S. media and people in general in the U.S. are really focused on um, those past transgressions and whether or not they they implicate him and, and would stop him from, from getting immigration benefits. But it really looks like uh, he could be okay. I want to say that the only caveat here is that um, the regulations state, I was looking at the regulations very carefully, as you know, I'm, I'm very big on that. The <laughs> regulations state um, that, and here's the language, um, the A1 visa is for qualifying immediate family members. So perhaps there might be those who argue against Prince Harry's qualifications for an A1 visa. They may state that, you know, because he quit being a working member of the royal family, he isn't a qualifying immediate family member. But the regulations don't appear to rule out somebody being a qualifying member simply because they aren't a working member of the family. So I don't know if that argument would 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 have much much weight um, in a dispute. Yeah, and I, and I guess we don't know what the, you know, we don't hear about the challenges that a, a lot of celebrities, um, and particularly in this case, Prince Harry would have gone through to secure his visa. So we, we don't know what, you know, representations would have been made, um, you know, whether it would have been argued, um, you know, just based on sort of language of the regulations, I'm, I'm guessing, um, here. Yeah, so it's a big secret as to what type of uh, US visa um, Prince Harry has. 
Um, I know that media um, has tried to find this out. The Department of State will not release this information due to privacy concerns. So again, you know, we're just speculating based upon what we know about Prince Harry. Um, it's very interesting. So there's been a big, big deal has been made about Prince Harry's visa status, whether or not he might have lied to get immigration benefits. Well, if he's in the A1 visa category, he wouldn't have had to disclose any of this. So this could all, all this uh, hoopla over, over Prince Harry could be for nothing if he, in fact, has an A1 visa. I mean, it's it's just been so public, though, hasn't it? I mean, it's it's been in his memoir. Um, he he's openly, you know, admitted to the the use of um, sub substances. So it's not something that would have been hidden. Um, I'm sure he had legal counsel when he was writing his memoir to to talk about these things. So I'm sure I, I hope he was advised. Um, but you we know, do. we do hope he was advised. We do him. hope he was. I think someone with his means he probably must have, was. Must have done. Must have been right. And if not, Prince, the Prince Harry, give Vialto Partners a call. We might be able to help you. Um, <laughs> I mean, could he could he be in the U.S. under any other visa category? Um, great question. It's a great question. So yeah. L yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So, or maybe more than a few seconds. For Prince Harry, the the big the big elephant in the room here is that Prince Harry is married to an American citizen, an American national. Uh, Meghan Markle is American, born in the United States. So on, on, on the face of it, Prince Harry would be eligible for a marriage-based green card. If you are, you know, a national of another country and you are married to a U.S. citizen, you are eligible to be sponsored by that U.S. citizen for a marriage-based green card. So there's always that option for Prince Harry. And who knows, he might even have a marriage-based green card. We just don't know. We just don't know. Um, and so is that, um, it, you know, the initial application, is it is it for an initial, you know, limited period of time with that green card? When it comes to a marriage-based green card, uh, the usual rule is that um, once you go through the, the sponsorship process, once you're approved for a green card, the usual rule is that that green card is, is valid for two years. Um, and then after two years, you have to file a uh, petition to um, basically remove conditions and um, then you can get a permanent green card. So it's kind of a temporary green card until such time as uh, 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 you, you file a petition to remove the conditions. They just want to so make sure that people are actually yeah. married and actually living together and the marriage was actually a legitimate marriage. It's like an extra yes, layer of security. Yes, they'd have to prove that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, think Prince Harry, I think Prince Harry and Meghan have a legitimate marriage. That's just my take from the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I th I th I'm sure they'll have a lot of evidence to support to support that with their application. Um, yeah, they've got kids. They 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 travel all over the world together. They're photographed uh, here and there. I think you've seen. So I, I think I've we know that they do. Seen a they few do. photos. Yeah, <laughs> seen a few. But I think the overall takeaway about Prince Harry's um, visa options outside of the A1 visa is that all of these other visas would require him to uh, make attestations about his background, uh, criminal activity, drug use, alcohol use, things like that. So there would be a much higher scrutiny and um, it would be much more difficult for him to get these benefits because of the things that he's already admitted to doing in his memoir. So the A1 visa would be the safest visa for him to have. Um, I'm not really a betting man, but if I were to bet, I think that's probably what he's here on. But uh, again, we just don't know. We just don't know. And it's opened up a great conversation about what what visa could he be on exploring a visa that, you know, 
isn't isn't a common visa type um so yeah. yeah really really yeah. interested to listen to you. and as I was listening to you actually I was thinking you know I haven't practiced um UK immigration for some time because I am in Dubai specializing in UAE immigration now but um you know very much reminds me of um you know the the kind of statements that need to be made for a UK visa application right um you know and and that assessment of good character and conduct is is definitely there um I think probably the the, the questions are more um, in depth for for US application, and um, you know, I would let a UK lawyer talk to you, yeah. talk to you about you know <laughs> the difference there in terms of um, you know the scrutiny that's applied. But yeah, definitely, you know, from from sort of all the countries that um, all of the countries that I've all worked in. <laughs> yeah, the U- the US the US has some some seems quite stringent. It's stringent. Um, I think, you know, I don't know the uh, immigration regulations of every country, but from what I've seen, the United States has some of the most stringent immigration regulations from any country out there. So uh, Prince Harry chose an interesting place to live. Um, he's living the good life in Southern California right now in, in Santa Barbara, I believe, with Megan. Um, and all the luck to them. And, uh, you know, I hope that this conversation has cleared up some things for people. Uh, perhaps Prince Harry hasn't lied about anything and he's here in the United States, you know, perfectly legitimately with an A1 visa. Perhaps he's on a different visa. We just don't know. But we hope that we were able to have a conversation to just explain, um, you know, the types of visa categories that somebody with the fortunate circumstances of Prince Harry could be eligible for. This was a fun conversation. It was. It was our first episode exploring someone very, very well known. Um, and you know sort of I, I think so interesting a British national in in his unique situation um, being able to to travel and, and reside in the US and take yeah. a very very different turn in, in his life so yes very much I'm, enjoyed this hope hope everyone else did yeah we're really excited to continue the series uh, we're going to be back next month and um, in the meantime be sure to download and subscribe the podcast uh please give us a rating and and review the podcast that'll help us out a lot let us know what you want us to do what you like what maybe you don't like don't forget to follow uh vialto partners on instagram that's at vialto partners right now you just hear our voices but who knows you might be able to see the faces behind the voices if you follow us on uh, instagram we will we're gonna we're gonna try and get together aren't we despite oh yes we're on different sides of the world yeah we'll get a photo of you and i it's gonna happen whether it's (laughs) It's in dubai los angeles or somewhere in the middle (laughs) we're gonna do that um so i think everybody wants to know what are we doing next month and uh reka i'm gonna leave it to you because we have another banger of an episode for next month don't we we do so um in honor of where i am working (laughs) and residing um we are going to be talking about tom cruise so Tom Cruise shot scenes in um, Emission Impossible, the Ghost Protocol in Dubai in 2011, and he famously climbed the Burj Khalifa um, for a stunt. We won't be talking about that stunt. We will be talking about how Tom was able to enter um, and, and, and essentially do work um, in the UAE. So we're really excited to, to explore a bit more um, and talk about about his options. Tom Cruise is one of the biggest celebrities in the world. Uh, who doesn't know who he is? And um, 
I think we will actually have to talk a little about a little bit about him climbing the world's tallest building, uh, crazy, for somebody to do that, and he did it. So this this month we talked about um, my area of, of of knowledge, which is the United States, and next month we're going to be talking about the United Arab Emirates, uh, and that's your um, you know area of of knowledge. So I'm really excited to talk about Tom Cruise next month. That's going to be fun. It is going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully he'll return. Maybe he'll return, you know, after uh, after our episode. <laughs> I, I hope so. Shoot, shoot another movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rekka, this was great. Um, we finally did it. We did our first episode, and I know that we're going to have um, a lot more entertaining conversations for between us, for the listeners. And, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to check us out. And we can't wait to talk with you again next month. So, uh, Rekka, I hope you have a a great uh, rest of the week. And uh, until next time, I'll see you. See you then. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. For more information, please visit us at www.vialto.com. Vialto Partners and Vialto refers to the subsidiaries of CD&R. Galaxy UK Opco Limited, as well as the other members of the Vialto Partners Global Network. The information contained in this podcast is for general guidance on matters of interest only. Vialto is not responsible for any errors or omissions, or for the results obtained from use of this information.